brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. The end of the school year often brings many staffing changes to any school district. For Monroe County Schools, that's especially true this year. Over the next few weeks, we'll highlight some of the district's long-serving staff that's retiring, and we'll take a look at some of the new faces you'll see at our schools and offices. This week, we're focusing on the Mary Persons Media Center. Lori English spent more than 30 years on the MP campus. MPTV's Josh Harris sat down with the outgoing media specialist to learn more about her time as a Bulldog. Hi everyone, um, I'm Josh here at um, MPTV and I'm here with uh, Miss English, the media specialist here at the library. So I was just coming to ask you a few questions about uh, your time here at MP before you retire. Um, 31 years, was it? Yes. Okay. So, uh, first question being, uh, so what did you, what do you like most here at MP? Um, it feels like a second home here. Um, with my extended family. I've been here for 31 years and that's more than half my life. So it's really kind of like home. Uh, that's nice to hear. So speaking of um, that, so what would your favorite year that you spent here MP, what would that be? Well, I don't have a specific year, but I really enjoyed the years when my boys were in school and when I knew most of the students and we went to all the soccer games. Those were probably the most fun years. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so while we're on the topic of favorite years, uh, what would probably be your least favorite time being here? Well, my least favorite year was the year that I broke my arm. Ooh. I had to wear a sling most of the year and it kind of got in the way and cramped mm. my style. Yeah, that must suck. <laughs> so um, it's sad to hear that you're going to go, but so what do you think you will miss about MP? Um, I'll miss my lunch bunch the most, I think, as well as all the other wonderful co-workers that I've, I work with and the students. Uh, that's, that, that is, that's pretty nice. That's very wholesome. Um, so what do you plan on doing during retirement, Ms. English? Well, I plan to spend um, most of my, or a lot of time with my grandchildren. I have two grandchildren. And I also plan to write a family cookbook my mother's family was from Belgium, and my dad's family was from South Georgia. So it would be an interesting mix of recipes from two different cultures. And I also look forward to having more time to knit and crochet and more opportunities to read. Well, that sounds like a happy time to have during retirement. So um, jumping from the subject of the future, what? Uh, let's jump to the past and present. So who is your favorite coworker to work with or what is your favorite memory with them? Well, I've worked with many, like lots of wonderful people over the years, but um, Mary Tanner, who was a former Spanish teacher, and Stacy Fletcher, who was a former art teacher here. Um, those two stand out. We all three worked really closely together because we used to do yearbook and I always enjoyed working with the yearbook staff and I was a yearbook advisor for almost 10 years. Interesting. So, um, since we're currently on the topic of uh, favorites and memories, so considering that you've been here for 31 years and 
you've probably been through thousands of students, so we're not going to pick a specific student, but what is probably one of your favorite memories involving students? Um, I was a former French teacher, and I had the opportunity to take three different groups of students on trips to Europe, and we visited London, Paris, Amsterdam, Brussels, the beaches of Normandy, and Monet's Gardens. And it was just neat being able to explore these places with my students and experience the local cultures there. So I think this has been a great time and we've really enjoyed uh, you having your time here at MP. Uh, we're really going to miss you and uh, you mind saying goodbye to our audience? Well, I'll miss it here too and <laughs> I'll see you the next time. It's hard to step into a role held by the same person for decades. But Amanda Bernard says she's up to the challenge. MPTV's Gwyneth Cabe spoke with Ms. Bernard about her move to the main campus. Good morning, everyone. My name is Gwyneth Cabe, and I'm here interviewing Amanda Bernard, the media specialist who's transferring from the freshman campus to the main campus of Mary Persons High School. So let's get into our questions. First off, how long have you been working at the freshman campus? Um, I've been working at the freshman campus for this year. We'll finish out my third year. I was initially hired to be the copy clerk on the main campus, but when they figured out I had a background in library services, they're like, let's put you on the freshman campus because we need someone to turn it into a media center and not a resource room. Um, so who or what motivated you to take the job of a media specialist? I have always, always loved the library. Like it's been one of my favorite places to be growing up. Like my parents always made sure we went to like the summer reading programs. We checked out books and did everything. Um, and so after I graduated college, I was, I graduated college during the middle of the first great recession where there were like no jobs, no nothing. I had a degree in international affairs, which meant I didn't have a job because of government hiring freeze. I literally could not get my foot in anywhere. So I picked up odd jobs um, around Barnesville, Forsyth, Culloden, everywhere that I could possibly get. And I ended up getting to be really good friends with the um, public librarian, the head of the Lamar County Library. And there was an opening at Gordon College that she recommended me for. And that's how I got into my formal library experience. And I, after I started working there, I absolutely loved it. It's completely different than any of the other libraries I worked in because college libraries, public libraries, and school libraries are totally different monsters, but I loved it. So I decided to get my MLIS, my Master of Library and Information Science, because that's what you did if you wanted to work in a public or a college library. I didn't know at the time that to work at a school library, you needed some different qualifications. So, um, after I got my MLIS, the job at Gordon was temporary. I started working at the public library. I became head of teen services because I love working with this age group because it's the most underserved but most rewarding area to work in. Because usually by the time kids turn 12 or 13, they're so busy with everything else, they forget that they have things at the library. And most of them don't come back to the library until they have kids of their own. So I was trying to make sure that there was a continuity of service through all ages. Um, after I had Olivia, our daughter, um, I stayed at home to stay with her for a year. And then the opening at Mary Persons came open. A friend who I used to work at the public library with says, hey, I know you want to get in the school system because you want the hours and you want to be in the library. So that's how I moved through every single possible library to the school library. 
that, so it's been like a journey. <laughs> a, a very long journey. Yes. Like, I a long not, way to get here. <laughs> I did not go to college expecting to end up in a library. And mm. yet I, now that I'm here, I don't want to be anywhere else. Mm. I like that. Nice. Um, so are there any changes that you're expecting from switching high school campuses? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way because down here on the freshman campus, there's probably about 20 total 20 to 25 total adults who work on this campus. So it's almost like a small family down here because this is who we see all day long. I can literally walk two halls. Sorry. I'm going to ignore that if I can. Okay. Sorry. Um, there's like two halls of adults and that's about it. So you really get to know everybody. You get to know what they're teaching, what they're working on and everything. So it's easier to have, it, it's less to compartmentalize and worry about, am I meeting this need, this need, working with this person, everything. Scheduling is usually easy because they consult with each other before they come talk to me. So I don't even have to worry about scheduling conflicts at the time. So moving up to main campus, it's probably going to triple how many teachers I'm working with. It's also going to triple how many students I'm working with. So there's going to be a whole lot more needs, a whole lot of different needs, because right now I'm only focusing on one grade. Mm -hmm. Up there, I'm not only focusing on three grades, I'm focusing on at least three to five different subjects within each grade. So it's it's going to be a balancing act to try to figure out how to meet everybody's need and build enough relationships that I can serve them well. Do you feel like it was overwhelming or? Um, I don't think it's going to be too overwhelming. It's going to be a big change. Yes. But I've worked with people on the main campus before when I did the copy clerk. And also even now I go up there to work with things. It's just going to be, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm going to have to organize myself a lot better. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, more sticky notes, as I said, but <laughs> it's just, like I said, it's just going to be a big change. I don't think it's going to be overwhelming because I know most of the people up there and they're going to be willing to, help work with me and help me balance things and hopefully have a little bit of grace if I screw things up. <laughs> How has technological advancements in society affected your line of work? Oh my goodness. I can start back from when I started working in the college library and talk about this because around here, you know, obviously COVID had a huge impact on technology because before COVID we were not a one-to-one -one school. We had Chromebook carts in the rooms, which meant that if a teacher didn't have a Chromebook cart in there, everybody would come into the library to use the computers. We had enough to, in the freshman campus, I have enough to have two classes in here at a time. In fact, you can kind of divide the room with the display screens for people to, to do that. But now with everybody having a Chromebook, everything going pretty much virtual, not many students have handbook, handouts or anything like that, um, with the cell phones in the room and the different games and tools and everything, it's been a drastic learning curve for not only myself, but most of our teachers, because most of our teachers overnight with COVID had to switch from being a classroom teacher to an online teacher. And now we're some form of a hybrid teacher, because even though you're in the classroom, we still have to worry about Google classrooms, Kahoot, mm -hmm. scheduling interactives, less paper, everything like that. I bet. <laughs> My <laughs> husband, like with math, you know, he teaches math. So math is a very mm -hmm. much of a I need to draw it out the board so you can see it. subject. Online learning and math did not go well, even though our teachers did a bang up job. It was difficult 
So having watching him with some of the things he had to do helped me realize some of the things I could do to help some of the teachers. And mm -hmm. like he's my springboard for nine tenths of my ideas because, hey, is this going to work in the classroom? I'll think about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. I, bet. I can't even imagine because as like a student that just went from like in classroom stuff to like online, that was stressful. I can't even imagine how teachers like had to cope with that. And and not only like at home did the teachers have to cope with that because not everybody had the internet. Like our internet, we could literally we just got upgraded, but we could run one computer or we could run Netflix. And we had a two year old at home and he was trying to teach and I was trying to work. And I'm trying to keep the two-year-old from killing herself or doing something crazy, destroying the house. So it's like, mm -hmm. you need to give them a day to where they can do work with little and from you because Olivia needs to be on the TV so I can do my work now. Like it was <laughs> crazy trying to teach kids, keep kid alive, stay on the internet and not like have everything. Oh, it was insanity. Lots of multitasking. Outdoors. <laughs> Like Wi-Fi hotspot outside so I can watch her on the slide and do my work. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That was 20, 20 and all that was like a different breed. Whole life was. Holds it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Okay. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and like allowing to be interviewed. No, anytime. Love <laughs> <laughs> Improving literacy levels for all students is one of the system priorities for Monroe County Schools. One group working to help achieve that goal is the Monroe County Literacy Council. MPTV's Emmy Starr sat down with Misty Tun about the council and how it helps our students. Hey y'all, I'm Emmy Starr and I'm here with Miss Misty Tun to tell us a little bit about Literacy Council and Reading Partnership. Hey, Emmy, I wanted to give you a little bit of information about the Monroe County Literacy Council. Um, it's just a group of people that have uh, back, um, different backgrounds in education and just across our district. Um, we have a lot of members from that used to be a part of Monroe REITs. We actually started the program in 2019. Um, and it's just a way to promote literacy. Um, the Monroe County Literacy Council accepts donations and funds, and those can be dropped off at the central office to the attention of the Literacy Council. Um, we do a lot of different things within our schools, so we have guest readers come in. Right now, we're having a lot of guest readers come in um, through, through our elementary schools, but we've also had several readers from the high school. We've had um, our state champion cheerleaders, they've been able to do some Zoom sessions and read with our students. Um, I know that at the beginning of last year, I did some videos for parents and those videos just talk about lap reading and the importance of reading with your children and the benefits of that. So we did a couple of videos that we could share with parents and share um, as resources across our county just to let parents know what are some benefits to reading with your kids. And then once you're, you're reading with them, what are the things that you should do? So taking a picture walk, looking at the uh, cover page and making predictions about the story, using context clues, building vocabulary. So all of those different pieces of reading. Um, there is a, a page um, at the Monroe County Schools website that talks about the Monroe County um, Literary Council, um, 
It also gives information for parents. There's a QR code there that parents can look at and um, actually click on that and see the videos. So I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you so much, Miss Tun. All right, so now I'm here with Emma Fox, a cheerleader who read to the kids in the past. What did you have to do to prepare for this reading? First, I had to read the book prior to reading it to the kids and prepare to answer questions. That's great. Um, what was your favorite part of the reading? I think my favorite part of the reading was listening to how engaged the kids were and reading with my fellow cheerleaders. Were there any difficulties while trying to read the book? There was some difficulty with the Zoom and the connection. It was kind of slow, which made it more difficult to read. And what was your favorite questions that the kids asked? I think my favorite questions the kids asked would be if it was an AR book because they wanted to take a test on that's great. Well, thank you, Emma. All right, that's all from me, guys. I'm Emmy Starr, and that was Reading Partnership. High school students have the opportunity to earn some very special scholarships based on high achievement in specific areas. Seniors can strive for the Golden Eagle Scholarship Program, and sophomores and juniors can apply for the Governor's Honors Program. MPTV's Jackson Sparks spoke with Teresa Roller about the two programs and their requirements. Hello, I'm Jackson Sparks. I'm here with Miss Teresa Roller. Hi, I'm Teresa Roller. I am one of the counselors at Mary Persons High School. Okay, so first off, I have to ask, what is Golden Eagle and Governor Honors? So Golden Eagle and Governor's Honors are two special programs that I um, help coordinate at the high school. And the Golden Eagles program is for high achieving seniors in different areas such as music, social studies, communication. There's all these different areas and all middle Georgia seniors are allowed to be nominated as a Golden Eagle. Um, they fill out an application, they go through a process, it's a pretty rigorous application and then in at the end of April, there will be an actual program announcing the winners. The winners get $1,200 and the runner-ups get $300. So it's a scholarship program and it basically honors the best and the brightest seniors in the middle Georgia area. Governor's Honors Program is also a program that recognizes high achieving students, but it's for sophomores or juniors. And they also have different areas such as English, math, um, vocational, all kinds of things like that. And the teachers nominate these students. And then I work with the students to complete the application. It's a very, very intensive process as far as getting all that done. There may be auditions, portfolios. Um, each area has different requirements. And then students are selected to be semifinalists, which means they go to an actual interview. And then after that process, they're selected to be a finalist, meaning they have the opportunity to go spend a whole month at Berry College for free. And they will be studying whatever the area of nomination is. For example, Sydney Stapleton is a finalist this year in the area of music. And she will have a, um, a four-week residential program in which to learn more about music and um, another minor that she chooses. So it's an awesome program. They both are. 
sounds interesting. So, is there any like specific part that you like the most out of these? I think they're both great. Um, I like working with students and helping them basically with the application part, making sure it looks good, making sure that if they're singing that they choose uh, great pieces. If they're choosing artwork, they choose great pieces. Um, if they're choosing print work, that kind of thing. It's, it's all enjoyable. It is very stressful because their deadlines are firm. And if, it, if they say 11.59 on such a date, everything has to be turned in that date. So while the process um, can be a little stressful, I really enjoy helping the students get everything done. And like you were saying about the deadlines and it being stressful, like how do you help the students prepare? Well, I will give them sample applications from previous years so they can see what, for example, a governor's honors music application will look like. Or they'll see what a um, communication Golden Eagle application looks like. I'll give them suggested uh, teachers for letters of recommendation because both programs require that. Um, and I try to prep them you know, let them know that they need to have an English teacher or someone they trust in that field review it all to make sure it's grammatically correct and written to the best of their ability. And also make sure that their teacher that they're being recommended in, for example, if it's a fine arts teacher and it's art, that they work very closely with Miss Trevitt. Or if it's music, they work very closely with the band director or um, the chorus teacher, things like that. And um, how do students like get involved with this sort of thing if they're interested? So I have tried the past two years having a self-nomination form because um, I feel like we have a lot of amazing students here and if students are interested in nominating themselves, they can. I've only had um, in the past two years two students do that so that wasn't super successful. So I rely on teacher recommendations heavily. They know the students the best. They know their abilities. But I would love for students to be more involved in recommending themselves if they think that they would be good or would want to go spend a summer at Berry College with other kids like themselves. And when you say teacher recommendations, is there any, like what in specific do the teachers look for in the students? Well, um, both programs have criteria. The Golden Eagle is very, very heavy on community service, meaning what have you done in your area, for example, music, to make your community better? Or what have you done in world languages, Spanish, to make your community better? So that's a heavy, heavy emphasis. And so I reach out to all the department heads and say, it's Golden Eagle time. Please collaborate with your department and come up with the best seniors for this area. Um, Governor's Honors is more about your love for the area, but also your academic excellence in the area. You have to be a good student. You provide a transcript. Um, in the area of math and science, they want to see PSAT or SAT scores. Um, again, that's a little bit different. It's definitely not heavy on the community service at all. So they're both different programs. Um, and that's what I send out the specific criteria to the teachers and then they disseminate it and then they talk within their department to decide. Um, that's all I have for today. So thank you.
And um, if there's any like students or parents that need to reach out to you, how can they get to you? The best way is email. My email is teresa.roller at mcschools.org. Um, both the deadlines have passed this year, but next year I will certainly be looking for great students for both of these programs. And if they think that they would want to be part of that program, they can reach out to me. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Roller. Thank you. It was a pleasure. As we've mentioned before, the students of Mary Persons have a wide range of electives and activities that they can participate in. Today, we're highlighting the art program at MP, led by Samantha Trevitt. My name is Samantha Trevitt, and I teach art. What are your different classes for and about? Uh, we offer four foundation courses. They're Visual Arts Comprehensive 1 through 4. And those classes basically introduce and reinforce development um, with art media, with techniques and processes, as well as art history and art criticism. And they allow students to begin developing artistic voice. And we also offer three advanced placement courses in 2D design, drawing, and 3D design. And in those courses, students develop a portfolio to submit to College Board. Um, what are the qualifications to get into AP Art? Students interested in AP Art and Design should be aware that it is a college-level course, and the work and rigor required to be successful means lots of extra time spent on your art outside of class time. AP Art students need to be highly motivated in order to be successful, and I recommend that students complete at least Art 1 as a prerequisite. AP Art and Design is open to juniors and seniors. Okay. Um, what are your favorite creations by your students this year? It's a really hard question to answer because I always love what my kids make. Uh, Art 2 students are currently finishing modern cultural mask sculptures and I always love how these turn out. Um, students get really invested in the entire process from researching a cultural mask of their choice and planning their own modernized interpretation and then experimenting with sculptural media and techniques and creating their own mask sculpture then adding details and embellishments and they always turn out really really nicely. That sounds really cool. Um, which class do you like to teach the most? Honestly, I cannot answer that. They're all my favorite for different reasons. Um, I love kind of the newness and the experimentation um, with my Art One kids. And then the independence and the high quality work that my AP students turn out is also wonderful. So I really can't say that one is my favorite. Um, do you have an overall favorite student or do you just have different favorites for each class? I love all of my students and I will forever consider each of them to be my kids. Okay. Um, how does the art club work and how often do you meet? Art club is a great way for students to get involved and to take their talents and interests outside of their class. Art club is open to any married person student whether they're currently enrolled in an art class but we also offer National Art Honor Society. Those students would need to be enrolled in an art class for that school year. And they, um, basically those kids excel in art and want to participate more in arts-based community service. Um, with Art Club, we try to meet monthly, and sometimes that's more depending on the amount of projects we have going on and our deadlines. Okay, um, thank you for meeting with me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Before we go, we want to remind you about several upcoming activities at the Monroe County Fine Arts Center. Today is the last day to purchase season tickets for the upcoming Legends and Locals concert series. The featured artists include The Isaacs, The Return, 
and Pam Tillis, and a Christmas show that should be announced later this week. Get your tickets today at MonroeFineArts.org. Again, that's MonroeFineArts.org. Tomorrow night, the Monroe County Middle School Band takes the stage for its spring concert. Tuesday night, you can enjoy the sounds of the Merry Persons Band. And then Thursday night, the Monroe County Middle School Chorus will present their spring concert. All three shows start at 6.30. Enjoy and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools. <laughs>